you got to chase the dream, not the money. And if you chase the dream, the money will follow. All right, Skid Steer Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Skid Steer Nation podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Deemer. And just to start real quick, this episode is brought to you by, you guessed it, Skid Steer Nation. Springtime is here and work is starting to flow in and we have attachments that you need to get the jobs done right, quick, and put extra money in your pocket. ROI is a big deal. So again, if you haven't listened to the show before, we only partner with family-owned American manufacturers that put pride in the quality of their work over the a little extra profit they could make selling it or cutting a little corners here and there. We vet them. We make sure their quality, their customer service, their processes are up to our standards, which should exceed yours. I come from the manufacturing background. I know what to look for. And we are very proud to, to partner with these manufacturers and showcase their products. So head over to skidsteernation.com and see the attachments we have available. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you like it, make sure you share it on your social media networks. That's how we are able to grow and to continue making great content for you guys. Uh, just lets us know that we're doing we're doing the right thing and you guys are enjoying the show. So, all right, now that the intro's out of the way, guys, <laughs> I've been looking forward to this episode for about 10 days now. Um, this gentleman called me up wanted to talk about some attachments, kind of started telling me a story. And I was like, time out. I don't want to know anymore. We have to do a podcast episode. And I want to be as surprised as I can be when we do this episode. We've got Ryan Moran's today. He's in Topeka, Kansas. His company is called We Digging It. Now, here's the shocker, guys. While he did it part-time a little bit here and there, he's only been full-time since February 14th. And for a reference point, today is... Oh, sorry. February 20th. Today is March 14th. So we're talking less than one month. And what really made me say, hey, we got to get you on the show is he listened to an episode of the podcast, heard about a guy that went all in and he said, fuck it. I'm doing the same thing. Within seven days of being in business, he was booked out three weeks. So I can't wait to hear his journey, how he ended up pulling the trigger on this and get going. So with no further ado, Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, man, I, I I can't thank you enough for having me. Uh, ever since I've really heard of, you know, your attachments and you started doing podcasts, you know, not too long ago, I've listened to every single one of them and a couple of them twice. So uh, I love the narrative and I love the the way you are able to uh, embrace the the companies that you have podcasts for. Um, it's just it's a great lesson learner for a lot of people in the same situation. So. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I mean, it's human nature. We all feel like we're the only ones going through whatever issues we're going through. And it's amazing that if you allow yourself to be a little bit vulnerable and open up to somebody, typically the person you open up to is like, I just went through that. I'm currently going through that. And you're like, oh, like none of our problems are unique. Like <laughs> they're not yeah. unique. And we just got to remember that we don't need to burden the load alone. So I think this shows a great way to just remind people like, oh, man, I'm not the only one out here grinding or can't figuring out an aspect of the company. So I'm glad that you enjoyed listening to it. And I'm excited to have your story. So for sure. So here we go, man. For 12 years, you worked in the automotive industry at a Ford dealership. Yes. For actually 20 years, 
12 years at this previous job. So I was in the automotive industry for 20 years, uh, basically from halfway through college until wow. whatever, three weeks ago. Were you doing sales? Were you doing customer service? Were you doing Yeah, so I've been pretty much on the front end side of the dealership, um, all the way from detail in college, all the way, you name it, finance, sales manager, sales, um, everything front end related, which is anything but service and parts. Okay. And then I believe I read 2020 is when you started tinkering around with some some dirt yeah. work. Yeah. So uh, we bought a house. We bought this house. Um, I want to say like 2017-ish. And it was always my vision to have a pond. We have a beautiful setting, 10 acres, but it just needed something. So bought a, bought an attractor. And uh, my father-in-law and I, mostly my father-in-law, he's a he's an animal, dude. He spent a thousand hours on my 40-horse case tractor digging our pond. And it's an acre, about 15 foot deep. But anyways, uh, this thing's just sitting around after the pond's dug. And I'm a huge dirt biker. Like, I have raced dirt bikes for 25 years. So I always like tinkering and building jumps and whatnot. And I got kids that like to ride. And I'm like, man, I can put this thing to use. So I just started doing driveways with a box blade. Yeah. Just friends and family. Did you tell people on the way or? Yeah. I mean, honestly, what's weird and it's funny. Uh, I just thought about this the other day. I drove my freaking tractor down because we live somewhat in the country, still on pavement. I drove the tractor down the road, door to door asking people if they wanted their driveway bladed for like 40 or 50 bucks. And I went in like a mile and I'm almost 40 years old. This is just like, I always call it my mama don't know money because it's just like your shoebox cash money, you know? And anyhow, so I would do driveways door to door. <laughs> That's that hustle, and, man. I love and, it. And so a quick backstory, I grew up, you know, not a lot of money. Um, I mowed yards all the way through college and work full time. So I always had some sort of a side hustle going on uh, for cash. But yeah, the driveways just kind of fit right into that. And I had this tractor that you know, I paid cash for it when I bought it. And it was just sitting there. So I'm like, well, shoot, you know, if I got a couple extra hours, I'm going to go make a few hundred bucks. And I did. So eventually I started posting on Facebook and and on Marketplace, just, you know, quick little for sale items, which yeah. were jobs, but yeah. So then last month, February 20th, you go to work like it's a normal day. Yes. And to walk us through the, the day, the day in the life. Yeah. So uh normal day about six months ago, I opened basically from the ground up. We started, we've been a Ford dealer for 60 plus years. And I was the new Ford sales manager for the last eight years. And I said, guys, I'm burnt out. Like, we need to do something different. So they said, well, how about side-by-sides or how about motorcycles? And I'm I'm huge into every all those, but I know that the profits aren't there and it's just a grind. So they said, well, what about campers? So I said, yeah, let's do it. So I tracked down manufacturers. I called them and I I basically did every little bit to get this company open, except 
for like title clerk work and getting a few documents signed. So fast forward six months, we roughed it through winter time. I mean, it was it was not terrible, but it definitely, you know, was not like, oh, we're gangbusters selling campers in, in Kansas when it's 10 degrees yeah, out. They're not in high demand in January. No. In so uh, we were finally getting rolling. We had a couple of camper shows. Long story short, uh, we had six or seven out and it was the what would have been the 21st of the month, which wasn't a great February, but it wasn't terrible. Come in, I got one hook that we've been working on on Saturday. We got it financed. I was like, sweet, get a call at the office. Hey, and this, this, my boss was like my boy. And anybody at the dealership knew that I was pretty much untouchable. Well, I said a few things to the owner, basically because I started thinking too much like an owner. And we parted ways. So, uh, Monday at about 10 o'clock, I called my office because I had a brand new F-150 demo for two or three years. And I said, uh, come get me. She said, well, what? Because what, what? she's uh, she's not working. She's at nursing school right now. Okay. So, yeah. But again, like you got up in the morning and you made coffee, kissed the kids goodbye, and it was just a normal work day. Absolutely. Before lunchtime, you're like, all right, I'm unemployed. Yes, sir. And I took about... I got home at about 11 and I'd say by two o'clock, I was putting a plan together because I knew that there was either two things I could do. I could either go find another hustle at a dealership, which I was not going to do, or I could go work for potentially the manufacturer, the Keystone Manufacturing, um, being a rep. And I said, man, you know, this has been my part-time hustle. It's my passion. Like, I enjoy it. I love the outdoors. Um, this is my only option. So I did it. So that same day, that afternoon, yeah. that you afternoon, committed, you committed to I committed. starting full time and, and growing weed digging it. Absolutely. So I didn't have a name. I didn't have an LLC. I didn't have insurance. I didn't have an account. I didn't have anything. I said, I, what I do have is a paid off truck, a paid off skid loader, and a paid off trailer. Did you have clean draws? Uh, a little bit. They were a little soiled. <laughs> I was like, like, that's a heck of a 20, that's a heck of a 12 hours. I've been like, whoo. Yeah, it was a lot, man. It was a lot. Um, kind of blindsided, but honestly, like, when I walked out of the dealership, I was kind of almost relieved, and it was a weird sense, because... I made great money for the last eight years, like really good money for Topeka, Kansas. So I was like, okay, well, here we go. Next chapter. Yeah, I can relate to that. I've been in situations in the past where there's an initial shock. And then right after that, you're like, I think I'm actually glad. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're and forcing it, me to get out of the nest. Like I got to go learn to fly on my own. For sure. For sure. And there has been like the community just wraps their arms around small business owners. I've got so many great friends in the Topeka area that just basically said, come, I'll help whatever I got to do. And, and we did. So we put a plan together um, that day, started communicating. Um, a good friend of mine that has a pretty successful painting company. We hashed it out and we figured out what we needed to do. And we got together a couple nights. It was like a Thursday or Friday. And uh, we put the LLC together and and he's explaining to me how, hey, like, 
here's how you got to figure your cogs and you got to figure this and that and this. And I'm like, dude, I can't do it over the phone. I have to. So we got some beer. We went to his office at like 830 at night. We did my LLC and he had a fucking chalkboard or like a white erase board. And he's like, cogs, here it is. Here's your hours. Here's your materials. Here's your fuel. That's your cogs. So uh, just really helped me do what I already knew how to do, but didn't know the order to do it in. Yeah. It's, and I'm, a, I preach finding a mentor. Yeah. And, you know, and while you considered him a friend at the same point, he's mentoring you in your business. For sure. 100%. So it's, you know, a mentor doesn't have to be somebody you don't know. It could be anybody that just has more knowledge than you and something you need help with. And then asking for that help because people want to give it to you. For sure. Uh, man, I mean, I've, I've had, matter of fact, a buddy of mine reached out to me um, a couple of days later. He's like, hey, man, I'm kind of weird. I'm a hoarder of attachments. If you need anything, holler at me. So I texted him a couple of days ago. I said, hey, man, I need a postal digger. He's like, yep, got it. I just went and picked it up about 45 minutes ago because we're putting a fence around my property. So what is it about you guys that live a little bit outside of the the mainstream areas, man? Like everyone I talk to, like in Idaho or Kansas, like they've always got a friend that like hoards equipment. Yeah. Well, a bunch of hillbillies. And I mean, (laughs) it's cool to have all kinds of cool shit. Yeah. Well, it's funny. There's not to change the subject, but I was before the show, I was doing a little research and I was like, Topeka, Kansas. I'm like, where the hell did that name come from? So I looked it up and I'm like, Indians. The founders thought it rolled off their tongue and it means good place to dig potatoes. And I was like, now that's a strange fact. Interesting. I didn't even know that. You didn't know that? Yeah. No, good I place to dig potatoes. And it I've is, lived it's, here it's, my entire life. Is it is it Kansas Osage is the Indian tribe from that area? I think. I mean, yeah. I literally read it 10 minutes ago. It's the only reason I remember I can <laughs> tell you this stuff. It's not like I I'm guess a, I should know more about the Not like I'm a historian from. by no means. But yeah, it's like like uh, it just—they thought it rolled off their tongue, and at the end of the day, it turns out it's a good place to dig potatoes. Well, it is that. So it's a good place to dig driveways too, right? So you're days into this, and you start hustling for work. How did you go about finding your first few customers? Yeah. So, um, well, I had a couple that I was kind of working just off of Facebook Marketplace, my personal. Uh, I mean, I knew number one on the list besides getting the LLC established was getting a business Facebook page. Um, so I did that and that helps. I mean, you just look more professional. Um, so I put a business profile together and I've just been smashing the, um, you know, the paid ads. I mean, 150 bucks a week or 10 days or whatever. Pays I mean, off you, you, you started the page on the 20th or 22nd of February. Yeah, And I just looked tonight and you've already got 220 people following your page. Yeah. I mean, for a small town excavation company, I feel like that's really great accelerated growth for followers. So, um, I mean, obviously I've lived here my entire life and um, I'm a huge, like I got a big network of people that I know, you know, I might not know them the best, but I just put it out there and said, Hey guys, here's what happened. Here's where I'm at. Make sure you go follow, like, et cetera. And I don't try to inundate what my Facebook business page with like, hey, let me come sell you. Let me sell you. Let me sell you. I like to make it more of a, a story. I think you had a, uh, your last podcast was about like creating a story. And that's kind of what I, I mean, that's all I do. Like, 
Well, I, I will say this. I mean, I don't know you that well, but I will. I can't imagine with this sales experience you have from the car industry, you probably have a smidge of a leg up in that sales storytelling department than a guy sure. that was in the union and starts his own business. Cause like, he's going to be really good with his hands and he's probably do a little bit more capable work, but he doesn't have that back end customer right. touch experience. And it's uncomfortable if you don't have it. So I think, you know, but you're, you're leveraging your skill set, And I love For that. Sure. So that has been my biggest strength is my marketing. Um, obviously if you see behind me, we just got this created uh, two days ago, my logo finally finished. I have just marketed and tried to brand my business. Uh, I'm trying to go to like community events and, you know, all kinds of, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, things. But the one thing that I will say that I have a huge leg up on is response time. If I get a lead, if I'm not like hard at it in a job or if customers right there talking to me, I'm responding. My wife it drives her nuts, but um, I mean that's that's the reality. Is like I respond quickly, and I get you an answer, whether it's an answer you want or not. I'm getting you a quote within twelve to twenty four hours. If it requires a lot of materials, it's going to be twenty four hours. But if it's a pretty easy quote, you're going to have it quick. Where a lot of people, and I've heard it numerous times in the two weeks I've been going. Oh, and by the way, I was in Texas for five days of those two weeks because my sister got married. So really, <laughs> I've been going for a week and a half. But anyways, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've heard one lady says, oh, my God. I'm like, what? You showed up when you said you were going to show up. And I, I mean, it's just things like that. It's like, do people not want to? make a living i'm a firm believer that in a vast majority of the united states that if you take a little pride in your appearance there's a difference between job site dirty and dirty right and you show up when you say you're gonna show up and you communicate and talk to customers and you call people back yeah like you have to fall over yourself not to succeed to a certain level right yeah exactly i mean you know i told my wife look if this thing blows up awesome but if we can just make a fair living because at the end of the day you got to chase the dream not the money and if you chase the dream the money will follow so that's my like ultimate goal i made a lot of money for a lot of years and it's i don't even care about the money obviously yes i want the money but it's like i'm finally doing something that just really like tugs on your heartstrings when you get done with a job and it's like hell yeah that looks good it's, it's freeing isn't it it is it's, you walk it's a little freeing. lighter you smile a little bigger i wake up at 5 30 in the morning and i'm pumped i i'll go to bed i'll, I'll i got my phone's been blown up this whole time we're on this call and i'll send out quotes and stuff and communicate till 10 o'clock at night i don't care yeah i will tell you that you will burn out if you make that your day-to-day -day business routine for the long haul, keep doing it now. I mean, you're not even 30 days in, right? Like grind it, but like you need, you'll start to feel a little bit of a shift. Like same thing you did in the car industry. Like you start to feel it. The difference is you can control it. So you just have to start building a better process. I just have to hire somebody at that point. Well, it's, but it's also okay for you to have an automated message after 6 PM that oh, responds to the customer and says, Hey, thanks so much for your inquiry. Our business hours end at 6 PM. 
will make sure to get a hold of you first thing in the morning after 8 a.m. Like that is okay. And then you can yeah. take your personal time. You know, like you're still in that hustle grind. Like, man, I was 24 seven when I started Skid Steer Nation. I okay. get it. So you know. I guess my, my position now is, you know, like I told my wife, I mean, she's not working this and I'm not even really taking a paycheck at this point. I'm just trying to build the business wealth. But as, as long as the jobs are flowing in in the spring, I have to like be all over them yeah. because I don't know what's going to happen come August, September, November, or October. You know what I mean? In this fall, winter time, I don't know. So I don't have any data to track this, but I just, from all the conversations I have with owners all the time throughout the year and over the last decade, the guys that plan and fill the schedule for August have a full month. The ones that aren't, scheduled out two three six weeks out they get a dip in august and what you're noticing is that that's when the families start getting the kids ready for school they've yeah. got all these other priorities and what and, and all those projects they have to get done or want to get done just they just get lowered on their priority list for sure and then yeah. they start seeing the kick up once people get back in the routine september october and then you can work until you know until the till the ground freezes yeah but um but again you're gonna have a winter man you're gonna have a winter coming up and and you need to work every day this first year preparing for that winter because if it's a long cold winter that means there's not much work for you to be doing right and you know we just worked with two guys and they just combined their two businesses and they spent the entire winter i mean they worked 40 hours a week building out the assets working with a graphic designer getting new phone systems and they are hitting the ground running because they didn't sit around watching netflix all winter yeah, I, I have a hard time sitting around on my butt. Yeah. So. And no, uh, they kept looking at ways to make money in the winter and they were going to do snow contract for snow removal. And I'm like, no, go be a sub somewhere. I'm like, you need to keep your attention and focus on your core business. Yeah. And you just need to put some dollars in your account over the winter, right? You don't need to be right. tracing snow customers in August because that's when you got to do it. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of the same way. It's like, I don't think that, first of all, that's not my passion. Right. Second of all, like, I just, for, we haven't had snow here much to speak of, you know, in the last five years, but I don't know that that's where I'm going to go. Right. Nope. I get it, man. I get it. So let's stay on this 30 day journey. Cause it's just crazy to me. We talked seven days after you lost your job at the Ford dealership and you told me that you were already three weeks booked out. Yes. And I think in 10 days you'd already had a fair amount of revenue collected. Yeah. So today um, I just looked actually, cause I'm, I was curious um, by the end of March, I'll be at just over 50 grand in revenue. 50 grand in revenue. And we're talking 40 days. Yeah. I mean, 40, not like a 40 day period, the first 40 days. Yeah. Th that'll be booked, done deals. That'll be, there would be, they're already done. I'll, I'm, I've got several more to bid on Thursday, so those will just be. Yeah. I'm trying to build out my April at this point. Yeah, you, you want to know what I did my first forty days? Eighteen hundred and seventy-five dollars. And I remember when that sale came in, and I was like sitting down in the morning, getting you know doing my morning routine, and my phone went bing, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a sale!" And I'm like, "Holy cow, somebody's giving me money on the internet. This is amazing!" And I was like, "It's eighteen hundred bucks." And wow. it's, you know, but 
reference point of that, right? Like now $1,800, I'm like, oh, that's all you wanted to order? <laughs> like it's, it's just that yeah. scale of reference three years later. But, you know, for well, to do- and, and that's the difference of having a product to sell. You have to wait for that buyer yeah. having a service to provide. Yeah, but again, $50,000, I mean, that's an impressive number. And I would guarantee, I would, I would have to think that you are in the top echelon of small dirt service companies as far as the amount of revenue you're collecting in the first 30 days. Like that's a tall number, man. Yeah. For starting I mean, from zero. Yeah. So I don't even really, I guess I just look at it day to day. So I don't even really think about the grand scheme. And again, it's like I'm chasing the dream. I'm not chasing the number. Yep. So it's it comes easier, which is weird. I mean, because you ask any of my friends and I'm like the money hungry guy, but it's like I'm finally just take a deep breath and go create something beautiful. Yeah. And and that's a, that what that does is it lowers your stress level. For sure. So now when you're talking to customers, you're just like really comfortable and relaxed. Like, yeah, you know, like I want to do this project, but yeah. Well, and and part of the buffer, because honestly, I would be shit in a brick and my panties would be soiled. But we went out and I burnt the boats. I sold the camper. I sold my side, my baby, my brand new Can Am Defender Limited side by side. So I was like, listen, I gotta have cash in the bank. Cause we didn't have a lot of liquid cash going into this venture. We had some assets and some liabilities. Yeah. But I was like, look. We need cash. So we got that little pad. And then I'm just like, Yeah, hey, you can breathe and you can focus. Yeah. So and I just want to I just want to pause for one second right here because that's one of my favorite sayings. And I think I've probably referenced it numerous times over the last 10 episodes of the podcast, but like burning the boats. Yeah. Like all that means is you have no exit strategy. There is no plan B. This is it. Like we either we either fail or we succeed. Yep. And that saying comes from Cortez because when they when they traveled across the seas and they yeah, were, I think it was Mexico. We're, going, we're dying. Yeah. So Cortez, like all the troops get off all the boats and he orders a couple guys to go and burn all the boats. And all the troops are like, what are you doing? He's like, <laughs> we either you're either winning or you're dying. Yeah. But we're not going home. Yeah. And that's kind of where that whole saying of burn the boats comes from. And um, like Tony Robbins preaches that whole burning the boats because. Otherwise, we have this level of comfort that we don't allow ourselves to get uncomfortable. It's like for when sure. a guy like, you know, like for you, if you still had that job, even if they cut you to part time, 20 hours a week, it's still know. money coming in. And I don't want to lose that security. Yep. Like you have to have that uncomfortable feeling of like, I have to make this succeed. There's no other option. And then strategically put a plan in place for that. You just can't go running out you know, with your skid steer, driving up and down and grading driveway saying, you owe me 500 bucks. <laughs> Who are you? But, but again, like you have to, like, that was for me. Like I had the idea for skid steer nation for boy, three or four years before we launched it, but I was running a manufacturing company and I was a VP of a, of a sales department afterwards. And like, I didn't need it. Right. Right. It's like when I got home from work and I'm like, Oh, I could start building that website. And I'm like, no, I don't want so to. What happened? So I, I left the manufacturing company, Do More Equipment, who makes the SSHA hydraulic adjustable graders. Yeah. So I ran that company for, so funny story, I own bars and restaurants for, I, I either managed or, and then I owned for 10 years. So for 15 years, I was in the hospitality industry, mm-hmm. got totally burned out after the 2008 recession, forced the business into 2011. And then finally, I'm like, I just don't care. I, I can't stand coming into the building anymore. Like, 
numbers are down. Downtown Peoria is starting to dip. So I finally just closed it because I was like, if I didn't have pride, would I still be open? And I was like, no. I'm like, well, then lose your pride, brother, because otherwise it's bankruptcy. Yeah. So I took a job for $12 an hour plus 5% commission selling skid steer attachments. I had zero knowledge of the skid steer products of the excavation industry. Wow. But for me, it was like, listen, if I'm going to sell something, if I'm going to learn something and sell something, I only have one thing that has to happen. And it has to be a product that after I sell it, I don't have to go run and hide from the customer. Like it has to be well-built. It has to be quality, has to deliver on what they say it's going to deliver. So they showed me what the thing did. And I was like, and I was like looking at it and reading the specs. And I was like, I, I wouldn't run away from it. So I started selling skid steer graders and um, within 14 months, they fired the entire management team, gave me the keys to the building and said, we'll meet once a month, run it however you want. Oh, that's right. I've heard that story. Yeah. So I ran it for nine years. I went to go work. They were getting ready to sell the company to the current owners. And I was just so used to that autonomous lifestyle of like, it was me. I ran the show and I'm like, then they're going to, they're going to want to manage the company which means they're going to want to manage me. And even if it's from afar, it's going to feel like micromanagement to me. For sure. And I was like, I, I can't stick around for this. So Perfect. I went and took a job as a VP of business development and sales for um, an engineering and machining company. Okay. And um, did that for six months and then COVID hit. And they were, they were very top heavy with executives for growth. And when that COVID hit, they're like, we don't know what's going to happen. So they did a top-down reduction and reduced their staff by 80%. And it was funny because like he was actually a really close friend of mine. And when he called me, I consoled him on the decision to let me go. I'm like, Dan, it's okay, man. I get it. Like it's uncertain times. We don't know when the when we don't, we don't know when you're going to open back up. Like you held out for two weeks longer than most companies in the area. And he's like, oh, I just feel so bad. I'm like, it's fine. I'll be I'll be all right. So and, back uh, like shit. Yeah, it took like it took like two days and um, drank vodka from noon to eight p.m. because it was COVID and was bored around the house, not because I'm an alcoholic. Just like hey, and then finally I'm like, what am I going to do? And I was like, you've had the idea, you like internet marketing, you love the online stuff, you have a strong knowledge and skill set with skid steer attachments, and skid steer nation was born. Nice, that's awesome. Well, I'm excited to get my uh, my roadrunner. Yeah, for those listening, Ryan Ryan was in business for not even fourteen days, six days, six eight days, and he uh, he ordered a a Roadrunner hydraulic adjustable height grader to to make the driveway easier. So hopefully we should be shipping that out here very soon for you. I'm just excited to be able to finally put crowns on driveways. Yeah. So what's your plan moving forward? Like I am a firm believer that when somebody takes this initial plunge. We've got a large enough of a network. We've got enough family and friends that we get that initial burst. You know, like, oh, my God, my buddy can do this. Well, eventually your business isn't their priority. For sure. And then you see um, that dip. So like, what's your plan to maintain and, and continue the growth? Yeah. So uh, exciting. I actually, about an hour and a half ago, just closed my first retaining wall job. Um, and I know that spring is driveway season. So that's bombarding a lot of my time, but I want to get into building limestone walls. And I think that can carry me through some of the summer. And by end of the year, if business continues, I want a full-time employee. Yeah. That's year one goal. Uh, just stay busy, um, accumulate. I'd like to get a, a mini excavator. Uh, 
that's kind of my two top number ones is but how are you gonna how are you gonna keep that phone ringing how are you gonna keep people interested in your services yeah so i am i've got my google business page finally done that took forever but i'm inundating it with photos because i think that's one of the ways that it brings you to the top of the search um do you have your address listed on that no i put just my city perfect okay yeah um my wife didn't like that our address was on there (laughs) um but that and my facebook presence i mean it's you know instagram i don't know that instagram is good for local um one of my friends owns a big stone company and they do a lot of Instagram stuff. And I don't know that that's going to help in my situation. Every market's different. So, I mean, maybe, maybe it doesn't work in you, but I know like, I know guys in North Carolina, they have a whole gravel driveway business off Instagram because their core customer is females. Wow. And he's, a he, you know, and he's, he's positioned himself as the safe, secure professional contractor. So women are very comfortable hiring him. Nice. Yeah. I mean, so I, I done my Facebook marketing, uh, targeted audiences and that seemed to really help because obviously we're in a little bit of a rural area. And the other thing that I noticed is I'm willing to travel a little bit. If somebody's willing to pay me and somebody else in that area is not responding or doing what they want, I'll drive there if they'll pay me for it. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've heard. And I've heard it so many times recently is I had a buddy, um, another friend of mine, actually, a lifelong competitor in dirt bikes. We raced together for years and years and years. He does the same thing. He's been doing it for 10 years. But his cousin reached out to me this weekend saying, hey, will you come to my house? So-and-so won't do it. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm actually doing a job there actually now, tomorrow. I'll be in that same town in at seven o'clock in the morning. So sure, I'll come by and look at it. And I'm like, dude, if, I mean, if they're willing to pay for it, just adjust your your cogs. Yeah. So I mean, as long as it's not too much. Yeah, and it's just it's a matter of you just building your battle plan that works well for you. And and I will tell you, I think you're gonna learn. Just like every other contractor out there, your your list of services and your service area will shrink as as you develop more authority in your area for the services you provide. Gotcha. Because at the very beginning, like you're like you are like you want to help everybody, like you want to stay busy every day, and you end up traveling a little farther. You end up taking some jobs that that you won't do a year from now. Yeah. And and what and and you have to go through this. Because I can tell you, don't do this and don't do that, but then you don't know why not to. So like after you do this, you're like, oh, yeah, I get why I need to focus on a smaller service area and and bigger, you know, type work, for sure, or, or larger paying projects with a larger service area, whatever that mix and blend is for you. So it's funny you say that because I told my wife today, I was like, man, I drove 45 minutes. Actually, I was already 20 minutes south. I had to go an additional 30 minutes or whatever it was. And I'm like, I think I just wasted my time. And I, I want to, so when I was doing this on the, on the side, I couldn't just go to the job site and look at the job with the customer. So I had them send detailed pictures, address, everything. I pretty much did the whole job or the whole bid over the phone 
The only problem that I see now with me being professional is that's not as professional. But it, but the fact that you're talking to them and asking for those details, you're 10 times more professional than a majority of the weekend warriors out there that don't climb way back. Yeah. So just about developing that system and process. And, and, and if you can, and really what you want to do is you want to get those photos and you want to get that information, not so that you can give them a bid on the phone, but so you, you can have a ballpark and say, does this work for you? Yeah. Yeah. So if I come out there and the numbers align, are you ready to begin this project? You know, do you have any other contractors? Because if you're going to make that trip out there, you need to be leaning towards right. she's closing or he's closing with me on this. Right. And it's a that, pre-qualification phase. You have to guard your time. And that's I, I did that. But they were like, well, I said, hey, listen, if I have to come out and I have to put a culvert and I have to do this and I have to do that, you're going to be somewhere in that twenty five hundred to five grand range. Is that something you guys are going to be budgeted for? And he said, well, I'll talk to the wife, but we do have a couple other people coming to give us bids. And I'm just like, shit. So I better go out and make sure. Yeah. And and who knows? Maybe that continues. But eventually you're going to get to a point. You're like, well, I appreciate the call. And because like you've got three weeks, four weeks of work lined up and you've got to get this fulfilled and you got to make sure that you do the networking phone calls and you keep that pipeline full. You can't do every job. It's the number one rule in business. Like I can't sell every attachment to every person. And I'm cool with that. Like in our industry, the people that we've I've worked with and talked to that do similar work, like we only think that we get 30% of the business we generate with our marketing and advertising efforts. Just part of the game, man. Right. They call another dealer. They go to their local dealer. They call this, you know, like they, they, Hey, I saw this thing. You got anything like that? No, but let me see if I can get it. And it just, we're not going to get them all. And if I stress out over that, I mean, I might as well start eating Tums at six in the morning because I'm going to have a bad stomach. So you mentioned, or you asked how I'm going to continue the business to grow. So one of the, and I've told you, one of the, my ideas was I came out with a maintenance plan for driveways. And yeah, I, 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 I was smiling ear to ear when you told me about this. So I've got three people signed up already. Um, so t talk about the maintenance program just a little bit so that the listeners can know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically, whenever I go to a driveway and I do their driveway, or let's just say they just want it regraded. I'll pronounce, or I'll pronounce, I will um, relay that I have this maintenance plan for people specifically like you, and I'm getting uh, little flyers or whatever made up, little pamphlets, says I can do it quarterly or I can do it twice a year, but each time, and it's going to depend on the driveway size, um, it's going to be 250 or it could be 350, but basically I'll set it up to where you don't have to call me. I'll have it in a in a calendar and I'll just remind you, you know, a week before, hey, I'm going to be out next week to do your driveway. And my idea with that is it's not going to break the bank. Like, let's be real. 250 bucks a driveway is nothing. But hopefully, if nothing else, it keeps me prevalent in that person's mind when they're talking to their friends and they say, God, I got to get this done. Well, hey, I got so-and-so. So we'll call We Digging It. They'll be able to help. Or when I'm there and Joe Blow needs, you know, a tree taken down or something, I can do it. So I, I have tried to get some guys in the past to do a maintenance program like this, and they fight tooth and nail because, like, the dollar amount's low. 
like some things like that. And yeah, I keep trying to, and, and, and sure. in my opinion, it, it does everything you talked about. It keeps you top of mind, keeps you prevalent. There's going to be other projects on their property. They already have a relationship with you, <clears throat> but two, it does something else. You're not setting the day that you have to have that driveway graded. Right. So now you're able to look at your calendar in the month of April and say, oh man, I'm a little light that third week. And I have four people in a subscription that are all within 10 miles of each other. Right. You can go make a thousand bucks in literally two to three hours because maintenance takes no time at all, right. especially with the right tools, because you don't have the massive potholes. You don't have the massive washboarding. You don't have the washout. So all you get one in there and it's like, you're going up and down two, three times, 10, 10, 20, 30 minutes tops. And you're on to the next one, out of the next one, out of the right. next one. So, and that's kind of like, like, for example, the first two guys that signed up make every bit of $1.5 to $2 million a year. They both have brand new tractors. And they both, they were like, I'll go buy a land leveler. And I said, hey, great, go for it. That, that's a great attachment to have for your situation. One of the driveways is 1,800 feet long. I mean, it's massive. Anyways, he's like, dude, I don't want to fuck with that. Right. I don't have time. I got kids and this and that. And I'm just like, perfect. I'll do it. And it's like, they both have brand new tractors. So it's not because they can't, it's because they don't want to. Right. And, and, and I, <laughs> my fiance and I have this conversation every now and then, but she's a medical device sales is really well for herself. This business is growing. Now we're having the podcast and we're offering the coaching program. And I'm like, listen, I know like we have a cleaning lady. I'm like, but I think we're going to get to a point where I need some of my time back. And the only way I know how to do that is to hire the lawn service or to have somebody come do the laundry or to hire somebody to bring pre-made meals. And people are like, oh, that's what rich people do. I'm like, no, this is what people that need time do. Like if that job is, le is less than, let's say I can get meals delivered for a hundred bucks for a week. So that's $20 a day. Well, that's how many hours do I spend cooking? I have to ask if I spend an hour to, to an hour and a half a day, like, would you go work for 20 bucks an hour? Then why are you cooking? Like, and if you start looking at time on certain areas like that, it doesn't become highfalutin, like, oh, I have somebody cook for me. It's like, cool. I don't have to worry about, I can stay focused on this task. Right. And get that done. So that was one of my questions I had for you. I don't know how much time you got left, but when... Obviously, I'm too new to be. I'm thinking long term. When is the right time to be looking to hire somebody? Uh, about three months before you need it. Because I'm a firm believer that, like, you hear all these people out there saying, well, these, there's no good labor. Like, nobody wants to work and this guy doesn't show up and I'm tired of employees. Hiring employees should be proactive, not reactive. Yeah. By proactive, I mean you talking about your storytelling, start mixing in, start adding in the values that you have as a person and as a business. And like, if you stay late and like we, you know, the sun went down at seven, we didn't leave till nine because we committed to having this job done today. Like that tells a story of who you are as a person, other people that do type of work or other union work or work for another contractor, they you guys follow each other. Like everybody's following, what's he doing today? You'll find people that like, man, I like that work ethic. I like that. Oh, I have those same values. 
and and you can start connecting and networking. And that to me is proactive. So when you are ready to hire, you can go, hey, John, I know you've been working for so-and-so and you told me last month you weren't very happy. I'm ready to hire a full-time employee. You want to come over here? And now you're hiring somebody that's in alignment with you and your company. And you're not trying to teach an old dog new tricks. For sure. Um, but I really think being proactive with with who you are as a culture and a company and making sure that people in the community know that, that I'd rather say, hey, I'm not quite ready to hire. Let me have your name and number so I can call you when I am versus, oh, my God, I need to hire and there's nobody to call. Yeah, that's a good point. So like you guys, you know, like we treat it reactively. Oh, man, I got to grow. Hey, help wanted. I'll pay 25 bucks an hour. Money works for seven days. Literally been proven by numerous collegiate studies. <laughs> you get a raise and you only did for seven. You only got effort for seven days. And you want more. Effort, effort increases for seven days and it drops right back to the level it was before the raise. What people want is they want to feel a part of something and like what they're, what they're doing matters and that their voice is heard. You know, you think of all the arguments you've had with your wife, it's because one of you wasn't being heard by the other one. You didn't feel valued. It's no different with employees. Yeah, I think that's that's one area that I will excel in. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have no concerns about that. Yeah. I know I'll be able to retain them. It's just my, my concern is making sure we're going to have the work at this point and 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 you're you again you're you're not even 30 days in so i i love that you're thinking about it because i i'm a firm believer you need to be three to six months ahead of where you are today with your thoughts um but you're gonna know like there's something you've gotten like god i'm gonna be losing jobs or I'm, i've already been losing jobs because my lead time is too far extended okay um and a lot of guys that i know they go find a retired operator from the union or they find a friend of the family who doesn't need 40 hours a week to keep food on the plate that's good that's a good point you know or they find a young kid in college that they can get for the summers where if you don't need him on a thursday he could care less True. you know and it's just like a good way to like to get that first person in to, to iron out the kinks of your processes and how the communication goes and then other guys just hire a guy full-time and say now I have to, again, they burn the boats on hiring another yeah. employee. Like, hey, we hired a guy. We're responsible for his livelihood and his family. We yeah. got to go rocking and rolling. Like, we got to think outside the box. We got to bring in more work. So there's really no wrong way to do it. It's just what you're comfortable with. So the other question I had is one of the things that I've been concerned about is getting my CDL. Is that a necessity? What's, what's your plans with your business? Yeah, I mean, eventually I'd like to have a dump truck. Um, Why? Right now I'm paying, you know, let's just say for a load of 15, I'm probably paying 150 bucks worth of profit to them. every, And that's, you know, multiple times a day. Okay, so multiple times a day. What are you doing when they're driving to you or driving away to get another load? Yeah, I know. And that's, that's kind of how much is the insurance cost? How much does a tire cost to replace that truck? Yeah. I'm telling you, I, in my opinion, from the numbers that I've ran, unless you're a very large scale company and it's for convenience, only a dump truck is a hindrance. Okay. That's, honestly, like people ask me, why do you pay so-and-so to 
to bring you rock and this. And I'm like, dude, I show up, I have this thing leveled if it's a driveway and they come and they spread it and I dress it and I leave. And it's like, how can I make that any simpler? You can't. And, and when you're new, simplicity is key. Yeah. Don't complicate it. Okay. Um, and then like, there's other, like, talk to the quarries. Like, are you hiring it? For, are you buying it from a trucking company that's going to get the rock? Or are you buying it directly from the quarry? Uh, from a trucking company. See, like you're going to expand and start doing enough volume that you're going to be able to get a contract with a quarry. Then they might have their own truck. So they're going to have contracts with other trucking companies at a lower rate. It's it just, you're, uh, you're. The rate that I get is pretty damn good. Like I've yeah. shopped and, and they're on point. So when you pay a guy 25 bucks an hour and you're getting four miles to the gallon. Yeah. And you got insurance and then you got maintenance. You might go, huh, my cost is higher than that. Like he's efficient at it because he has all these trucks and people. Right. Yeah. You're, you got a good point. And you're only going to use it twice a day. Right. And then it sits idle where that cash for the dump truck could have been used on tools, software, marketing, something that actually generates revenue more hours a day. So I know one thing you always preach is stay in your lane. And I'm a big proponent of that. Oh, yeah. So driveways is obviously number one on my list. I want retaining walls to be, I'd like them to be number two if the numbers make sense. I just don't really have that number three. And I don't want to do like, you know, forestry mulching. I just, I don't want to get into that. No, I wouldn't either. And and don't force it. Like you've got two yeah. good projects. Like in, it sounds like Gravel Roads is working really, really well for you. Like you're booked out three, four weeks in advance. Like you don't need a third service, right? The third service will find you. Okay. So just like, and, and like I'm group. thinking from the top of my head, I think I think in the next year to two years, you're gonna have you having a very hard conversation with yourself if your tanning wall business grows about should I get into hardscaping? Because people that get retaining walls are going to ask you about hardscaping. And it's, I mean, and it's a whole different animal than what you're doing. Right. But I think you're going to have, I think I, I foresee you getting that point where you're like, oh man, I've been asked about all these hardscape projects. That's a 70, 100, $200,000 project if I get into that. So the one thing that people have asked a lot is, do you do septic systems? And it's very complex. And there's only a few guys here that do it. And one of them being one of my lifelong friends, which I'm not here to cause any bad blood, but I already feel tension, not tension per se, but anyways, that, that's another story. Yeah. So I've dabbled, tossed that idea around in the next year. So septic systems, in my opinion, <laughs> They have so many pros to it, and then just a few cons. Pro, it's recession proof. <laughs> yeah, the guy needs a septic tank, and I don't care what the economy's at. I don't care what the interest rates are at. Like, I got to use my toilet. Like, right. it has to be done. Yeah. So it's recession proof. Um, the thing about that, and I use I use septic tank companies as a reference. Actually, like the guy that does septic tanks has all the equipment to pull some trees, fix your driveway, change a culvert. But nobody ever calls that guy for that because he is specialized in his market as the septic tank guy. It doesn't even cross your mind to call him, right? Like, I don't call a painter to come change my light bulbs, but he has a ladder. Yeah. 
so and so it's like if you get into that septic tank you know, i always say if you're going to do septics it's got to become your primary because you can't dabble in it yeah so and that's i reached out my wife's uncle has done septics for 25 30 years and he says he's the best at it so i said listen i want to learn and he's getting to that retirement age can i come work for you for free for so pause, pause right there. We'll finish the story in a second. Everyone listening to the show, that's the best advice you're ever going to hear in business. If you want to learn something new, offer to go work for free from somebody who knows it really, really well. Yeah. So that's that's an option. Um, obviously, this new in business and in our personal situation, we can't really afford to take off two or three weeks or a month. Now, when my wife gets her RN in six months, the world changes for us. Yeah. So anyhow, that that's another option. Yeah. And I would just say, just stay, stay with what you're doing and get really, really good at it. I'm real. I think I'm the best at driveways in this area. Well, then just become that guy. And I'll, I'll introduce you to my, to my friend, Eric in North Carolina. I mean, he's, he's a retired police officer. I think you probably heard the podcast episode with him. His goal of success is exactly where he's at, man. Like he's booked as much as he wants to be booked. If it rains for two weeks, he could care less because he doesn't have <laughs> all the overhead of the employees. And right. You know, he's like, yeah, so I live off the savings for a week. I don't care. He's got two kids in school and he gets to go home when he wants to go home and spend time with them. Like that's his goal and he's meeting it. So he is build an empire for my kids. I mean, I'm thinking obviously way long term, but yeah. but he and he told he told me he's like, I might rearrange my goals after they graduate. Maybe I will get a little bigger, you know. But everyone I talk to in and it makes total sense. Having one crew, one guy, maybe one and a half, awesome, easy to manage. You start feeling stuck, like you need to have two crews. Then you get a second crew. Then you don't make any money on that second crew because the cost of the insurance and the the, the second notes on all the equipment and all that. And, it, and it's really, if you wanted to have two crews and that's your goal, I, I would tell you stay at one and just yeah, get really, really good at it. If you want an empire, then it's worth going through that pain to get to the third and the fourth crew. I, my my scope of work is going to have to vastly increased your, fo your focus needs to stay exactly where it is right now and don't and like okay. remind yourself every day ryan stay in your lane yeah because so new get your name known in your market promote the bejesus out of the things you do really really well and what happens is people will call you for other things because they see the quality of the work that, that you do for the core service that you offer and that you're known for fair enough yeah and you can choose then you can choose if you want to do that or not if it fits yeah. your schedule. And that's the beautiful thing about not promoting septic tanks. I had somebody call me the other day and I was like, man, I don't remember exactly what they called me for. But they said, hey, I know I heard there's somebody called, tell me to call you and this is what I need done. I was like, man, I just, I don't, I'm going to bow out of that one. And I don't remember what it was, but I, yeah, I stayed in my lane. Did you refer him to anyone else? Um, I did actually yep. to my buddy. I said, call so, someone. So you'll be remembered as a guy that refer like, hey, you have a problem. I'm still going to help you find a solution. I'm not, I'm not the solution, but I know a guy that is. Right. So he's happy, going to remember you a little bit. 
the guy you referred him to is happy. And there might be a day that he has something, whether it's calendar wise or outside of his scope of work. And I'm a firm, a big believer in making sure that you, if you're not going to take the job is to, to share. Well, I like to, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Okay. Yeah, there's enough business for all of us out there. There is. There is a way I, I ran into another business owner, one of my competitors, not really competitor, but you know, I'm like, listen, hey man, if you need something, I'm happy to help. Vice versa. Let's make this work. Yeah. So, so I bought a domain name two years ago and it's one letter off of the domain name of my competitor. And I'm like, I'm going to redirect that to my site. Right. Cause I, there's no way they don't miss this every now. Like it's so like I do it and I yeah. still have it sitting on the shelf and I haven't done that because I'm like, I don't want to be like, there's enough business for all of us. Like I don't need to play the dirty game and get this. I don't need to be on his radar. Right. right. So like I, I keep paying $20 a year for that. And I just, and I think I just keep it now for myself just to laugh to be like, <laughs> I, yeah. I got it, you know, be that guy. Yeah. I just don't want to be that guy though. It's, it's right. Even when I was in the bar business, like bar business, you, it's Jesus, like teenage women, man. Like everybody's watching everybody and calling on this and what's he doing over there. I was like, I don't care. And, and we were downtown. So there's 12 of us on two block area. Mm. I got to the point where I didn't care about anybody. I just did whatever I wanted to do. And everyone's like, man, you're doing really well down there, man. Cause I stopped worrying what you're doing. And I started focusing on what I'm doing. Control the controllables and yeah. keep looking yeah. forward. We don't need to gossip. Right. Man, I what a great episode. Um, it's still awesome to hear a guy seven days into business say I'm booked out three weeks. So congratulations. Thank you. You've got the skill set. You've got the knowledge. Keep up the grind. Things will go a long way for you. Use the Skid Steer Nation community on Facebook for projects you don't know you need a little assistance in. Just be detailed with your questions. Like nothing worse than seeing a picture going, what would you charge for this? Like, like if you want somebody's expertise, then at least give them a little bit of reference for what you're trying to accomplish. So there's a lot of resources out there, man. Take advantage yeah. of them. I love the Skid Steer Nation and how it's it's people just like me. That that it if I fit right in. So and, and yeah. if anybody needs anything from me, I mean, I'm a wealth of 20 days of knowledge. Yeah. And if you guys want to find Ryan, we are going to have the link to his business Facebook page in the show notes. So just expand that down and you can see that there and connect with him, whatever you want. And we'll also have the link to a few other things of ours in the show notes too. So please take a chance to take a look at that. And again, please subscribe and share this if you enjoyed the episode on social media. We don't have any paid advertisers. We do this just for you. I tell people all the time, this is the favorite hour of my week, it's having these conversations. It just, it fills my cup. It grounds me. I get excited. In fact, I hated that we're doing this one at seven o'clock at night because I will be up till midnight tonight because I'm just like, man, that was a great show. Like, I'm not going to unwind. But so, yeah, uh, thanks again for coming on, man. If we can do anything to help you along the way, please let us know. And guys, until the next episode. 